Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. Animals seem especially in tune with the world in a way that humans can't begin to comprehend. In 2010, a nursing home made headlines when the cat it kept on its premises was believed to have successfully predicted the deaths of 50 patients simply by sitting with them in their final hours. Scientists were baffled, but it was clear that the cat knew something nobody else did. Such occurrences sound far-fetched, but they're actually quite common. Cats and dogs have been able to detect pregnancies, illnesses, and severe weather all before their humans ever realize what's going on. And perhaps the greatest evidence of such intuition happened in China in 1975. The city of Haikang's one million citizens had never experienced a major environmental event. It was your average city, with a dynamic skyline filled with buildings of all shapes and sizes, shops, restaurants, Offices, apartments, all within walking distance of Liaodong Bay. Seismologists had threatened the possibility of an earthquake over the previous few months, but it had never materialized. So when they came back with another dire warning, no one cared. Like the villagers who heard the boy cry wolf, the city's people had stopped listening. Then, in February of 1975, residents noticed something bizarre going on around the city. It had been a particularly cold winter that year, and large bodies of water had frozen all over. However, a portion of the ice in a frozen reservoir had melted due to a sudden burst of high temperatures. Snakes and rats that had been hiding from the cold left their nests and quickly died as they succumbed to the ice-cold ground. Water levels in lakes, ponds, and rivers fluctuated wildly. Elsewhere, an express train traveling from Beijing was on its way to Haikang when flashes of purple lights illuminated the sky above. The engineer applied the emergency brake out of fear of what was ahead. And in perhaps the most significant omen of impending doom, local livestock and pets started behaving abnormally. Cows and horses refused to stand still, pacing in their pens until they grew tired. The rats that hadn't frozen to death stumbled around like they had been drinking. Chickens stayed out of their coops, and other birds refused to come down from the safety of the sky. Then there were the dogs, who provided the greatest warning of all. They barked for hours, refusing to quit as they let their owners know what was about to happen. They sensed the ground shifting beneath their sensitive paws, and not long after, minor trembles started to rumble throughout the city. Authorities placed everyone on high alert, and ordered a full evacuation of the city. Although there were a few who didn't listen to the order, most of the population did, and they made it out in time. At 7.36 p.m. on February 4th, it happened. A 7.5 magnitude earthquake hit the city, leveling roughly 90% of its structures. Over 2,000 people died, and more than 27,000 were injured, but thankfully, tens of thousands of residents had managed to evacuate before the quake struck. In fact, the quake was so large, it was felt as far away as Seoul in South Korea, as well as parts of Russia. And had the animals been ignored, scientists predicted that the death toll might have reached more than 150,000. But thanks to some loud pups and dizzy rats, 
almost everyone was saved, and the city was able to rebuild. And perhaps the strangest thing of all is that similar events have happened throughout the world, although with far less successful results. One year later, the same symptoms that had preempted the quake in Haikang occurred in the city of Tangshan in northeastern China. Chickens stopped eating and clucked wildly. Goldfish nearly jumped out of their bowls. Mice ran for cover. And of course, dogs barked incessantly. All of the animals sent something building below the surface of the city, yet no one did anything about it. No one evacuated. Over a million people were jostled out of bed by a magnitude 7.6 earthquake. Tangshan was reduced to rubble in a matter of minutes. When it was over, 240,000 people had perished. If only someone there had listened to the animals. Some arguments start over little things. The toilet seat was left up, or someone forgot to put gas in the car after they used it. Other times, arguments stem from deep wounds inflicted during a time of strife. The murder of Asa McCoy at the hands of the Hatfields comes to mind. And occasionally, disagreements turn into something more. Something bigger than an argument or a feud. Sometimes, they turn into all-out war. You wouldn't know it based on the lack of news reports, but Canada and Denmark have quietly been waging war against each other since the early 1930s. I know, it sounds weird that Canada, America's friendly neighbor to the north, would be at odds with a country 4,000 miles away that is often voted as the happiest place to live. But that's exactly what happened, and unsurprisingly, it's over a piece of land. It's known as Hans Island, and in the early 1800s, it was considered part of Denmark's territories, along with nearby Greenland. That is, until America purchased Alaska, and the British colonies within North America were combined into one dominion of Canada. After that, the U.S. and the British started looking around for more land to take ownership of. Then in 1880, Britain gave all of the land within its British Arctic territory to Canada to keep it out of American hands. Hans Island wasn't officially listed in the deal, but that didn't mean it wasn't part of the territory. It was simply overlooked. But then, a new wrench was thrown into the mix. In the 1920s, Danish explorers mapped the island and its location with respect to Greenland and Canada, and they found a problem. They discovered Hans Island had the unfortunate position of residing precisely between both countries. Under international law, any territory within 12 miles of a country's shore belongs to that country. Can you guess where Hans Island falls? Exactly 12 miles from Canada on one side, and 12 miles from Greenland on the other. The question of ownership has been contentious, to say the least. In 1933, the Permanent Court of International Justice declared Denmark the owner of the island. However, after the court disbanded, the ruling was deemed meaningless, and the battle over ownership over Hans Island continued. Things quieted down over the next few decades as both countries took care of more pressing matters. I mean, it's not like there was much to fight over. Hans Island stands roughly one mile wide, and it's entirely uninhabitable. There are no trees, no soil, and it's surrounded entirely by water. It's literally just an enormous rock in the middle of the strait. 
But none of that matters to the Danes and the Canadians. To them, land is land, and in the mid-1980s, the battle over this tiny island started anew. The Danish minister for Greenland paid Hans Island a visit in 1984 and brought with him two things, a Danish flag and a bottle of schnapps. He planted the flag and left the bottle at its base, along with the sign that said, Welcome to the Danish Island. Not long after, Canadian officials came to the island and brought their own gifts for their Danish neighbors. They tore down the Danish flag and dumped out the schnapps, and in their place they erected a sign reading, Welcome to Canada, and left behind a bottle of Canadian whiskey. And that's how the whiskey war has raged on all these years. Each country's leader makes a pilgrimage to the island, replaces the other side's flag and alcohol, and then heads home. Canada and Denmark have tried working out new ways of dealing with the island, but nothing has stuck. They don't worry too much about it, though. Eventually, both sides will come to an understanding about Hans Island, and the Whiskey War will come to a bloodless, humorous end. Until that happens, just pour yourself another shot, and maybe put on a movie. Might I suggest something starring The Rock? I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Stay curious.